Amen. Love singing His praises. And you know, we're just starting. We are going to be singing His praises. How long did you say? Billions of years? For a long time. We'll just be getting started. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came unto them, being grieved that they taught the people, and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on tomorrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what, na- by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all that to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you, of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given above my men, whereby you must be, or we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the men which was healed, standing with them, that could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further more among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. All right. Return with me now where Brother Gene left us. We're in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. This is a great account of Peter and John preaching the gospel, the effect that it had, and the response from the religious leaders of the day. So in Acts chapter 4, we see that what has happened to Peter and John is that it is the fulfillment, though previous, it is the fulfillment of Romans 8 and verse 29. What has happened to them that they are able to preach this powerful gospel and thousands of people be saved? What happened? Well, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, we read these words. In verse 28. Romans 8, 28, and we all know this by heart, I know we do. says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God's in control, isn't it? Verse 29 says, For whom He did foreknow, 
he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what has happened to Peter and John. God has conformed them into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And they are fulfilling God's will by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, even in the presence of these who oppose. God is amazing, isn't he? He's here with us this morning. Brother Chuck didn't know what I was going to preach on. I didn't know what Brother Chuck was going to talk about. But God did. He always does, doesn't he? Why? Because he knows what we need. We think we know what we need, but most of the time it's what we want, isn't it? At least for me, it's the case. He knows what we need. All right. So, Acts chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, there's your religious leaders of their day, they came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They were grieved about it. That's what's happening today. Mainstream media, you're not going to see the name of Jesus on the headband because they're going to take it away so that you don't see it. Why? They're grieved that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like the religious leaders in this day. And they laid hands on them, verse 3, and put them in hold until the next day. For it was now even time. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. How many? And the number of the men was about 5,000. That doesn't count the women and or the children. The number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass the next day, the morrow, that their rulers and elders and scribes... Let me see, where am I at? And Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. They're against this preaching of the gospel. They don't like it. Especially when they see when they see and saw the effect that it had. That people were quickened. People were saved by this preaching that they objected to. Verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked. They'd all gathered together against them now. And they set Peter and John in the midst of them and they asked by what power or by what name have you done this what had they done they had preached the gospel of Jesus Christ they had preached that this very prophet that was prophesied to come to save the world which they the people gathered around them had killed Jesus Christ they crucified him on the cross they had preached that by this name and none other men must be saved. When they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he's made whole, they had just healed this man, this crippled, and they healed him by the power and by the name, through the name of Jesus Christ. There's great power in that name. The name of Jesus Christ. 
If we this day be examined of the good deeds done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you. They already made it known to the 5,000 plus. Now be it known to you who are against us, our enemies. Remember we talked last week about praying for our enemies. We talked about uh, the Scripture that says that by praying for your enemies, you may heap coals of fire on their head. And I expressed that I don't believe that's to burn the hair off their head, but it refers to ashes. And what they did back then, they sat in sackcloth and ashes when they mourned. We talked about the city of Nineveh. That's what they did. And the king declared, "You must every even the animals. They covered them in sackcloth, which is humility. The king took off his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. All right. Be it known unto you all, verse 10, and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by Him doth this man stand here before you whole. Even though you killed Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we're still healing in His name. He did it. Remember what it said? It said Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. So where'd the power come from? It's from the Holy Spirit of God, isn't it? Verse 11. He's explaining who Jesus Christ is. Not just who He was as a human. Who He is. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Following the Abrahamic laws and covenants, there's no salvation there, is there? No, because you can't really follow them. And they didn't. They weren't able to. In their pride, they thought they did. These religious leaders of the day. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, which by... what? Sorry. Neither is there salvation, verse 12, in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now what was the response of these that had gathered up around them and against them? Had already put them in hold or locked them up, trying to stop them from repeating what had just happened. They healed this man, this lame person. They healed him in front of all these people. They preached the gospel and preached that it was God who healed him through Jesus Christ. And 5,000 plus were saved through the power of the gospel and the application of the gospel by the Holy Spirit. It's not different today. God doesn't change. God's method of salvation doesn't change. The application of the gospel to the heart doesn't change. It's still by the Holy Spirit of God. We are filled by the Holy Spirit and enabled to preach the gospel because of the calling of God. All right. Verse 13. What was their response? Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now these guys, we won't say they weren't smart, but they weren't educated in the Word of God. When the Lord called them, remember what they were fishermen. We won't say that they weren't smart, and I'll uh, I'll give a little support to fishermen. They were smart, but they were educated in the sea and in the reaping of the harvest from the sea. I guarantee you, they knew moon phases. They knew when the fish gathered together and where. They knew how to entrap the fish. They knew how to build and maintain and take care of a vessel so that they were able to catch the fish. What did the Lord tell them? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, they had to be re-educated, didn't they? Sure. Catching a fish and catching a men are two different things, aren't they? They had to be re-educated. Now these who were against them They saw that Peter and John were bold. But they were fishermen. They didn't know anything about the book like they thought they did. But these were scholars that had gathered up against them. They knew the Bible. They knew the Old Testament. And they knew it well. From their youth, they were taught it. And of course, they would look down on those who had no education No formal education in the Word. But they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And that's what they're saying. That's what they're perceiving in Peter and John. That they don't know the book. How can they be preaching? And how would people follow them through this Gospel of Jesus? Now, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, knowing that they were ignorant men and unlearned, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That's really what I want us to look at this morning. When they saw the boldness of these who didn't have the education they had, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I hope that's the case with us. I hope that we will speak boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ and that others, when they look upon us, will have a knowledge that they've been with Jesus. They may not have all these degrees. They might not have all these letters behind their name of education, experience. But they've been with Jesus. They know the truth. They know that Jesus paid the entire price for their eternal life. Oh, I hope that that's the case. Being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, this is our eternal future. It's planned 
it's accomplished by God. God's plan for your life is being played out today. Now, at this moment, He's met here with us that He might educate us in His ways, that He might strengthen us, that we would be bold as Peter and John were. We may not be the smartest. There are a lot of people who know a lot more about God's Word than I do. So why did God call me to preach? For that very reason, to show that it's God and not me. He does that, doesn't He? He uses the weak to show His strength through. We praise Him for that. Now, how is this power executed? This power of salvation is executed by the Holy Spirit of God who takes the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that you are a dead sinner spiritually, that you are in need of Him, that you have no spiritual ability in and of yourself, the Holy Spirit applies the Gospel and our need of Jesus Christ and the need of faith in Him. We always say that God's in control, but He's in control of salvation too. It's the Holy Spirit that applies it to your mind and your heart that it applies to you. Oh, He's talking about me. I'm the one that Jesus Christ lived His perfect life for in anticipation of giving it up on the cross. He hung on the cross for me. The Holy Spirit applies that to your mind and heart. If you know Him this morning, oh, you'll be praising Him because salvation is of the Lord. Jonah sure learned it, didn't he? Yes, he did. All right. Peter and John had been dwelling with Jesus as these men perceived. And it showed. I believe that these scribes and Pharisees, Sadducees, realized that this knowledge of God, this boldness of preaching, and this power to heal and to save was supernatural. I think they realized that. They'd never seen it before. I think they realized that this was supernatural and they perceived, they understood, they realized that it had to have come from the Son of God whom they had persecuted and crucified. When we spend time with Jesus, it shows because the desires of our heart, the desires of our mind are focused on Him. Our daily focus is on Him. He is the nucleus, if you will, of our life. He's in the center. As we live around Him, always turning in to Him in whatever issue that is in our minds, on our hearts, in our lives, the concerns we have, the worries we have, the pain we have, 
He educates us about dependence on Him. You see, He is the rock that we stand on. Any other doctrine other than faith in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross is like sinking sand. And our lives won't stand on sinking sand. They won't survive God's righteous judgment. But let me tell you, we are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ this morning. He has never forsaken you, nor will He ever. And yes, when we spend time with Him, we grow in Him. And we have boldness in Him because we, like Peter, are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it comes from Him. Alright. So again, these men were not educated men except for the art of fishing. They had no position in the religious world of the day. That's why the Pharisees and Sadducees, while these leaders of the religion of the day looked down on them and didn't expect anything spiritual from them, they were the lowly ones. They were the poor fishermen. But again, God chooses the weak to show His strength, doesn't He? To show His power. So, in light of who they were, if they were chosen of God, though they were just fishermen, we see that their boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ did not come from the self-sufficiency of their knowledge. They knew Jesus. They dwelt with Jesus. They learned from Jesus during their time with Him. Oh, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches the truth. I said earlier that only He can apply the Gospel. Well, He teaches us. We learn because the Holy Spirit of God brings the Word of God alive to us. And it feeds us spiritually and strengthens us. Oh, that we would be seen as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, what about... We, we talked about basically our influence on others in our daily lives because we are we belong to Jesus Christ. We're His. Are we seen as His by others? We talked about that. What about when we're by ourselves? You may say, well, we're never by ourselves because God's always with us. Praise the Lord. That's a fact. But when we're alone... Are we like Him? Do we see ourselves as being a reflection of Him? 
we have account of Jesus Christ being alone quite often. What was he usually doing when he was alone? He was praying, wasn't he? He was. He was acknowledging Jehovah. He was praying for those that he loves. Oh, that that's what we would be doing and not ceasing to pray. We're told to pray without ceasing, right? That's an attitude. That's a way of being, a way of thinking that we're always asking God to intervene. We need Him, don't we? He has intervened. That's why we know Him. That's how we love Him because He first loved us and He proved it by sending His Son and allowing Him to die on the cross. He proved His power by raising Him up the third day. Defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, defeating all of your enemies, which are His enemies. We should be like Jesus even when we're not trying to influence someone. Where does uh, this likeness come from, this conformity? We read over in Romans 8.29 that we have been predestined by the Creator of all things. In other words, this predestination, this plan for you by Him cannot fail. It will not fail. We should be bold. We realize that this influence comes from inside. And so it's always with us because He's always with us. We're His child. We love Him. What did He tell Peter? Well, He asked Peter three times in John over John 14. He said, Do you love Me? And Peter had been with Him all this time. And Peter said, Yes, Lord, I love you. He said, Well, then feed my sheep. Peter had a purpose given to him for his life. You have a purpose given to you. Again, as Brother Chuck was saying earlier, we're obligated to God, aren't we? Absolutely, we're His. He bought us with this great and terrible price. Feed my sheep. He asked him a second time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Preach the gospel. Tell others about me. Asked him the third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. Why is he asking me this? It bothers me. It hurts my feelings. He should know that I love him. He said, yes, Lord, you know all things. But you know that I love you. The Lord said, Peter, feed my sheep. You love the Lord this morning? Feed his sheep. Starting with you. You're his sheep. Dwell in his word. Even when you're not trying to influence somebody or be a good example for somebody. Go into His Word. Be nourished. 
or through the Word of God, you will be nourished and strengthened to serve your purpose that God has given you. Oh, He's a great Savior, isn't He? Marvelous Savior. Praise the Lord. If you love me, I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong Scripture. It's in John 21 that the Lord was asking Peter if he loved him. In John 14, the Lord said, If you love me, keep my commandments. I love the Lord this morning with all my heart. And I praise Him for it because He first loved me. He changed me, praise God. He quickened my heart as He has you. And I praise Him for this eternal salvation. Religion won't save you. Only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. He self proclaimed himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And he's it. Nothing else will get you from this life to heaven. Only in the name of Jesus Christ and trust in what he's done for you. And what He's promised to do eternally, that's forever, y'all. That's forever. He's a great Savior, isn't He?